0: Let me open today's program by asking you a serious question. If you live in the United States, in Canada, uh, Australia, United Kingdom, can you remember when your nation was actually considered a free nation?
1: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the
0: Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. What a week this has been. A lot of work has been accomplished at the church building this week. Haven't had a chance to talk much about it. A listener to this program, I don't have permission to use his name, but he came a great distance and spent three days working with me on things needed at the building that we are hoping to use very, very soon as both a church building and also. Place to have an online church with a congregation both locally and around the world. I look at this mission not as some huge venture, not some big mega church, but a small church and a select handful of people scattered around that are like believers that have no church of their own, no place that they can safely go where we can gather together. I'll talk more about that tomorrow. But I'm so thankful for how much work got done this week. And I'm looking forward to next week. Health-wise, I've had a few minor setbacks, but nothing that was not unanticipated. Well, by me, yes. Part of the recovery process of the kind of surgery that I had uh, has kind of a residual effect about five or six weeks later, as some of the scabs in the bladder try to remove. And boy, as I mentioned, what a terrible time we had last Friday. And there have been some close calls during the past several days as well. But but overall, I'm thankful. I'm thankful God sees fit to use me, to sustain me, and to bring me through this time. It's been very humbling. It has been very makes you very mindful. Of the time that we actually have to do the things we need to be doing. I can remember years ago when I first started in radio, and I never thought about these things back then. Who does when you're in your teens and early 20s? I can remember back around 19, I think it's 1970. There was a group called Bread. And they had a song called Everything I Own. I would give everything I own, give up my house, my whatever, my home, just to have you once again. And when you're a younger person and you haven't experienced the loss of of loved ones yet, not even grandparents or parents or even friends or associates, and you really haven't experienced the concept of loss or death. You take things for granted, the time that we're given. Every day we have on this planet is a gift. It is a gift from God. And what we do with that time, well, it's limited, the time that we have, and I think we forget it. We forget that the day can come, that this life's going to come to an end. Or someone that we so dearly love is now gone. Maybe old age, maybe an unexpected disease or, or tragedy or accident. Think about the six that died earlier this week in Nashville, Tennessee. Three youngsters and three staff members of a Christian school got up that morning expecting just another day. And those six are now gone and their families dealing with the loss and the impact. And that's why using the time we have wisely, redeeming the time, is so incredibly important. I'm in an age now where technically I'm retired. Sure, I could spend a lot of time in Florida this time of the year, especially, and, and enjoy the beach. The nice weather. Go out to lunch. Lay out there in the sunshine. Gee, I've worked hard all my life. I guess I've earned it. But instead, I'm in Virginia. Working on a building. Not getting a paycheck to do it. But I know that God has laid on my heart to do it. Because there are people that need this congregation. Got to tell you something. We have no sign out there. It's a church building. We have no sign out there telling anybody what we're doing and when it's going to be happening. But people have already started coming by asking questions. Are you opening the church back up? When is it going to happen? I used to attend here. What kind of church is it going to be? We haven't spent a penny on any kind of advertising. And here we are already beginning to have a handful of people showing interest and even many, many that sent emails and have contacted me that can't wait to hear the service. And yes, ultimately, not right away, we're going to ease into this, be able to hear and see the service each and every week. I'm hoping that the services can be both live and, and also available on demand. For those whose schedule or where they live makes it impossible to do otherwise. And I believe this church is going to be different than what you expect. But it's going to meet, it's going to meet a need. I can remember one of the things I learned as a child... Being an American, we were so proud of the great freedoms that we have. We have freedom of religion. We have freedom of association. We have freedom of speech. We have freedom from unreasonable search and seizure. The list goes on. And in my lifetime, in my lifetime, I've watched those very freedoms gradually be chipped away eroded slowly. You don't really see it, and it's always for your own good and your own safety. Of course, it's for your it's for your own health and safety that we're going to restrict the things you can do. All in the name of science, all in the name of whatever, doesn't matter. The size of the federal government today versus the size of the federal government The day that I was born, I'm 68. The government's a lot bigger. It got really big really quick during the Second World War. And then the Cold War became the catalyst, the excuse, the money being spent. What Eisenhower worried about and warned us about, he was emphatic about the military industrial complex. And how dependent they would become upon all this taxpayer money. And the money they would spend to lobby and to put pressure on Congress and future presidents to keep spending that money. And so in my lifetime, we've gone from a handful of billions of dollars in debt to 20 trillion with a T dollars in debt. And it's not getting any better. They keep trying to kick the can down the road. I'm afraid it could end up in national bankruptcy and international disgrace. Where China, you know, I China's an evil country, their leadership anyway. But they're wise. We opened the door in 1972, 51 years ago. And now China, which made nothing that came into the United States in 1972, now produces most of the goods you find at Walmart or any big box store. Our jobs are overseas and our money is nothing more than we're holding big debt. Our money that was once backed by gold is now backed by the good faith and bad credit of the United States. And I'll say today, no, it's not the good faith and credit. It's the bad faith and the bad credit of the United States. That's what we have. We have made enemies around the world unnecessarily. We've meddled where we don't need to be meddling. And we're about to watch the power the United States had enjoyed for years, decades, vanish into the breeze. The eagle is crash landing and the dragon is rising. Never, I repeat, never forget that. Your freedom is being attacked. Your political opinions are being criminalized. Every time Joe Biden opens his mouth and says, Those MAGA Republicans are a danger and a threat to our democracy, he's lying. What it's a threat to is their power and a threat to their ultimate goal of literally an American dictatorship and part of a one world government. And don't you dare criticize what the government does. You might have an IRS agent on your doorstep. Don't criticize a school board for showing pornography, literally pornography, to children for trying to change the gender of your elementary school child, for talking about things that are not appropriate for small children by schools. They will call you a domestic terrorist and use the power of a reprobate, disgusting, despicable, demonically possessed Justice Department. I look at Merrick Garland and I really do wonder, Is he demon-possessed to say and do the things that he does? He's not a godly man. He's an ungodly reprobate. And they will use the power of government. They want to go after people that are pro-life, people that pray, people that want to, well, exercise their faith. During the pandemic, churches were shut down harder in many states than Well, the marijuana shop and the liquor store and the big box stores, they were fine. Your personal freedom was stolen from you, taken away. And even when the vaccine came out, your freedom to decide if I want this for me or not was also taken away. Mandates, threats, loss of job because government Was pushing that narrative. And it's not just the United States. Canada, you're no better. Canada, you protest the draconian and insane policies of your man child leader, your bank accounts got frozen. They robbed you of your constitutional rights. All in the name of a pandemic that increasingly, in my eyes, is becoming a scamdemic. Something just horrifically used against good people. When you think of countries like, like Great Britain... <laughs> the united kingdom in the name of a virus you lost freedom you lost the ability to associate you had to have vaccine passports in many cases you gave up your constitutional and god-given rights to those in power they couldn't even prove why their ideas were any good and would scream at you and shut you down if you disagreed and could prove they were wrong. And in France, well, we got you have an issue there in France. You know, there's a country that talks about liberty, freedom. It's a big deal, but not anymore. You've allowed your freedom to be stomped upon and robbed and stolen from you. And you don't even dare criticize any more leaders in your government. Now, some of you may not really been following, but there's some protest going on around the world about losing freedom. There was a French woman arrested for insulting the French president in social media. A yellow vest protester has denied deliberately calling Emmanuel Macron trash on social media. And she's facing jail time for allegedly referring to President Emmanuel Macron. He's no Emmanuel. He's no God with us. Trust me, as trash in social media. Charged with contempt of a public official. You know... She's claiming it could be your phone's autocorrect or whatever, it doesn't matter. When did France become so totalitarian where saying something about your reckless and worthless president? I'm insulting you, Macron. You are you are trash. You are no Emmanuel means God with us. You are no you are no God with us. You are God against us because of the things you've done in your nation. You know, I've noticed something, and this is what I want to share, freedom. We're losing freedom all over the Western world. Wars like World War II and so many other, NATO, all this stuff's about freedom. It's a bunch of baloney. It's a bunch of malarkey, as as our foolish idiot of a president in the United States would say, you know, President Biden, on the No Malarkey Tour back in 2020. Yeah, you got more votes than anybody else. I don't believe it. But I've noticed something, and I want you to think about this for a minute. As we, as a Western society, now think of this. Western society... Has risen and grown and become the most powerful societies in the entire history of the world. And for many years, these were essentially at the core, not always, and not well behaved, I might add, countries that at least had a certain level of respect for Christianity, the Bible and Christian values after World War II in places like France and Germany and the United Kingdom and other places Austria just go down the line in those free nations the speed in which they turned their back on God and spit in the face of Christ was like light speed and that came across the pond to Canada And it made its way around the world to Australia and New Zealand. And in recent decades, it has crept into the majority thinking in the United States. Let me offer you a very practical theorem. Listen to me carefully. As we have rejected, insulted, and fallen away from God. Obama was correct. President Obama said it. We are no longer a Christian nation. People got upset. Well, he's right. Hate to admit it, but he's right. We have turned our back on our Christian heritage. Not that everybody always was and not that all politicians ever cared, but there was sufficient majority and prayerful and church-going people and now all of that has been rejected. A secular humanism has has come in its place. A meism has taken over. Churches, instead of instead of preaching against sin, celebrate it. So many of them. That's why we do this radio program each and every day. That's why I need your help. We start a new month Monday, and we're already starting a bit behind. Would you help us? Would you consider going to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com? You can use give, send, go from our website. Or you can make a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio and mail it to Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. 510 Chilhowie, C H I L H O W I E. Chilhowie, Virginia zip code is 24319 that zip code again 24319 and we will be right back after we take this break
1: this is truth to
2: ponder with bob bierman mashiach and 70 ad coming up shalom Aleichem. this is jonathan Kahn, the nice jewish boy your jewish connection bringing you the riches of your jewish roots in jesus Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Palm Sunday. As we do the Palm Sunday Mysteries, it seems to be such a nice holiday. People dress up, wave palms, but you know what? It's a lot more to it. Centuries before Messiah came to Jerusalem, the prophet Daniel gave an exact mathematical countdown to the coming of Messiah. Daniel 9.25, it goes through it. He actually uses the word Mashiach, Messiah, and says that he will come to Jerusalem, but it says that he will be cut off. It's a way of saying he'll be killed. And then it says that the sanctuary and the city will be destroyed. So why did he come to Jerusalem? Well, to be cut off to be killed. See, there's two sides of Palm Sunday. There's the receiving of Messiah, but ultimately there's the rejection of Messiah. And the rejection of Messiah has consequences. In 70 AD, Jerusalem, the city and the temple, just like Daniel said, was destroyed. You see a destruction which still affects world history to this day. See, there's two sides of Messiah's coming. That which receives him is blessed. That which rejects him is cursed. And even as believers, as much as we receive him, we're blessed. And as much as we don't receive him, we're not blessed. And so the challenge is to take those parts of your life which haven't really received him, whether it's your emotions, your past, your your attitudes, your heart, your motives, whatever it is, and get him into that part. Don't be like Jerusalem of old. Open up that closed part of your life to the Lord's presence and like Jerusalem to come, your life shall be blessed and shall be called the Lord is there. Now, what if you could receive daily vitamins guaranteed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God? Well, you can. With Sapphires, the daily spiritual vitamins for Victoria's Walk with God and updates on Israel and prophecy and the incredible mystery of the temple doors. It's yours free. All free. You'll love it. How do you get all this? easy. Just remember Jesus' is real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So, to receive your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's one 800 yes one Now I can actually spread salvation around the world for very little through shortwave Radio, from the Arctic Circle to Israel. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. You can be blessed. How Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you'll be part. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct here's how just write to the nice jewish boy box 1111 lodi lodi new jersey 076 44 that's the nice jewish boy box 1111 lodi lodi new jersey 076 44 well till next time this is jonathan Khan saying shalom Alechem, my friend receive the king of kings in messiah adonim adoni the lord of lords yeshua the messiah
1: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder
0: for this Thursday. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I want to take a little time in this segment just to share a few things from my heart to yours. And, and I really believe a lot of these things are important for us to understand. You know, I field a lot of mail to this program, email primarily. And from time to time, I even get criticism. And I will say in some of the criticism, obviously, people don't really listen to what I have to say. They pick and choose. And, well, if you write me an email and you give me a fake email address and a fake name and use, let's say, some childish language, I can't take you seriously. People like you tend to be opinionated but your mind is like concrete, thoroughly mixed up and too well set. But I appreciate all those that do write the program and and understand what we're trying to do here. There's a lot of narratives out there, even among conservatives, that are not necessarily true. There are narratives out there among what we call progressives, leftists and liberals that we know is not true. And one of the hardest things to find in doing a radio program like this each and every day is to be certain that we are coming to find the truth. I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. It takes a lot of time to go through a lot of sources. And I I can think over the past, what now? Uh, We started this program at the end of August of 2020. I think... Next week begins our, if I'm not mistaken, 30-second month, going on three years of doing Truth to Ponder. And we've come a long way since the first program. And we said a lot of things on this program that many people accused us of disinformation, misinformation. You're telling a lie, Bob. That's not true. And yet, over time, and I say this not to be braggadocious, don't get me wrong, but over time, this is something I want you to understand. Over time, we have been proven right over and over and over again. We said early on, the virus came from a laboratory. Good chance it came from Wuhan. If you said that, Oh, I don't know, two and a half years ago. Twitter, Facebook, the CDC. Everybody said that was misinformation. That was just not true. You couldn't say things like that. But it turned out it was true. Each and every day it becomes increasingly obvious this is a man-made virus. Now, at the moment... China is considered the odds on favorite. But then again, we're finding other laboratories and other places around the country and around the world that also were playing with these coronaviruses. So, in that regard, we were right. We said this cannot be some wild bat. Somewhere in China, getting to some kind of a meat market, wet market, whatever they were calling it at the time. It was nonsensical when they said it. Yet we were demanded by those in charge, mainstream media. We had to believe that it was just one of those things that happened. And it spread around the world. The changing narratives if you question the changing narrative, you got shut down. The narratives got changed over time for one of two reasons. Number one, to have more fear. Or number two, when the truth became so self-evident, they could no longer hide it anymore. That's something else we've, we've seen over these past 31, 32 months an ever changing narrative. And see that's what got me to leave emergency management and say I can't do this anymore. Being asked to do the research, to write press releases that was part of my job and and realizing in your heart this may not really be true. This may not be the best information I can be giving. And why are we doing things that are so unprecedented in the history of mankind? There's a lot of talk, especially back three years ago, trying to draw the comparison to the Spanish flu. How many of you remember that all that talk and discussion about the Spanish flu and how many people died, and and all the things they were doing back then, a hundred years ago, back in like 1919 and and 1920. But as you begin to study what they did, and where the virus came from, and how short-lived it actually was in comparison to how long they are, extending COVID-19. I mean, there are governors and mayors and politicians that still talk in terms of maybe we need to lock down a little more for COVID. No, we don't. It's been proven lockdowns were a failure. Social distancing was something that was made up by a fifth grader around the year 2001 or 2002. I'm serious. There was never any scientific study or walking in the same direction in grocery stores. You remember doing that? Putting on your face mask and keeping six feet apart and then walking only one way in a grocery aisle. How many people, do, how many lives were saved with that nonsense? Probably none. How many people. Avoided getting COVID because they were walking in the same direction, in a grocery aisle. Probably nobody. But we did all these things, and these were like acts of compliance. How many people obey something when when motivated by some fear and government is here to help? How many of you fell for it? How many of you believed everything you were being told? increasingly as the days and weeks went by and you saw the disparity from state to state, then you find out the state's doing the most locking down, the most restrictions, the most insane rules and regulations. They weren't doing any better. And in most cases, were doing worse. I think of friends in Australia going outside to exercise, to get some fresh air. You couldn't do that. You couldn't be so, but only a short distance from your home. This insanity was just simply that. Insanity. Crazy. With no scientific basis. I mentioned this the other day. Gresham Whitmer, governor of Michigan, had some of the craziest and most ridiculous restrictions on the citizens of Michigan. Including when you were at a big box store, what you could or could not buy. In other words, you couldn't buy seeds or gardening supplies to grow food. When you need to buy that stuff at the end of March and April and May. No, you couldn't buy that. Because Gretchen said, no, Gretchen's a moron. Gretchen loved the power. And it was her husband that wanted to get first in line to get his boat in the water. Because of COVID restrictions, it was not easy to do. So you had a bunch of hypocrites, two-faced liars. I think they enjoyed the power they wielded because their paychecks, their retirements, their benefits... We're never under any kind of threat. And during the, since the beginning of this program, we've exposed these kind of things when it came to the virus. We also started talking in the fall of 2020, I kept saying for everybody that was going, oh man, Trump's reelection is in the bag. I said, don't count on it. Not that I believe that Biden was a great candidate. I thought he was a horrible candidate. And his policies were just despicable and awful. And the man is just a liar. The man is just a class clown. The man is incompetent. The man, I think, has sold the country out for profit. And I don't think that he received a record number of votes, even more than Barack Obama ever received. And for saying things like that, well, Bob, you know that's misinformation. That's disinformation. Those machines are 100% accurate, Bob. They can't lie. And we had to deal with courts that wouldn't listen to evidence. And this still, to me, is unnerving in our nation. That courts, that, that courts would come up with lines like, well, I'm not sure if you have standing, so we're not going to hear your complaint about a stolen election. Yeah, your evidence may be great, but we're not going to hear it. We don't want to hear it. You have no standing. If you look carefully, going back to 2020 and into early 2021, People would say, oh, it's all been debunked. The courts have thrown it out. The court never heard the evidence. They don't want to hear the evidence. They want every excuse not to hear it. I called out rhinos in 2020, like Governor Kemp of Georgia. He's a rhino. I, have, I don't like him. I've lived in Georgia. I would never vote for him in a primary if I was eligible to vote in Georgia. I wouldn't support him. Of course, I wouldn't support Stacey Abrams either. I would have to agree that maybe Kemp is the lesser of two evils, but he's still an evil. He's still not what he claims to be. still a fraud, in my opinion. He really gets cozy with China a lot. We see a lot of that going on in the rhino class. See in the United States Senate. Mitt Romney, Rhino, Mitch McConnell, total liar. I mean, he knows how to pander, knows how to say the right things at the right time, and knows when to shove the knife in your back. He'll support you if he needs you, not if it's good for the nation. It's all about him. We've talked a lot about so many issues. Where in the world has all this transgenderism come from out of nowhere? Do you remember there being a crisis of transgenderism 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, even even seven years ago? Most people never heard of the term. But suddenly, it's a big deal suddenly there's a huge number of young people who are in the who are trapped they're miserably trapped in the wrong bodies and then you have these these reprobate evil doctors saying would you rather have a live transgender son or a dead daughter and that's another lie they have no evidence to back that up, but they push it and push it and push it, and the mainstream media just regurgitates it and forces it every day of the week. We must believe in transgenderism. We must believe that it's a crisis problem. I mean, for how many people? 1%, 5%, 10 20 is it 30%? Nobody wants to tell you. But we are told that transgender is a huge issue. And we must be understanding. Government must fund the research and maybe even the cure or the repairs or whatever. And you have a lot of surgeons and clinics making just incredible sums of money. Big pharmaceutical companies making just money hand over fist. You know, when when you choose to have your pre-adolescent child change his gender from girl to boy or boy to girl, you're guaranteeing the pharmaceutical companies an income for a lifetime. Because, see, it's not something you just do. It is a forever commitment. And stories come out, and a lot of the media refuses to cover it. Those that got talked into at age 12 or 13 into gender reassignment. And when they turn 17, they realize what a mistake they've made. But by that point, they have gone through irreversible surgeries, destructive surgeries, medications, hormones. They're damaged and they know it. And the other dirty secret? Let me give you the other dirty secret that a lot of people don't want to talk about. Those that have transgendered, the number of regrets down the road is very, very high. When you hear people talk about suicide among the trans community, there's probably more of a problem with those that have already gone through it and wish they hadn't. As we all grow up, and this includes me, even though I'm an old guy now, we all go through phases, challenges, curiosities, trying to understand. Our minds, our brains are not thoroughly matured out until we're like between 21 and 25 Maybe it's not a good idea to have somebody age 10, 11, or 12 making those kind of decisions. Maybe it's not a good idea to have elementary school teachers try to identify those that might be trans, that might be an eligible client for some doctor or clinic. Maybe it's none of the school's business to determine if a a five-year-old ought to be LGBTQ. That's the world we're fighting. And if that if that's not enough, then you know the we, we have another term that gets tossed around a whole lot racism. You don't believe this, don't believe that, disagree. Oh, you must be a racist. You're it just to this, you're it just to that. We need more equality. We mean and and then you get a White House that in order to be employed. At 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, you have to be part of a freak show, literally. Or you have to be like the head of the Department of Homeland Security. Just a complete moron. And I'm saying that kindly because the guy gets before the Congress or the Senate and lies and lies and lies. Everything's fine. Nothing wrong. And somehow those of us that have been concerned about the millions that have just come across the border unknown in a couple of years. We're the racist. We're the mean ones. It's an upside down world. And it's not going to get any better. I'm warning you now. As I warned you, as I warned you back In September and October of 2020, and again in August, September, October of 2022, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Don't count on some kind of landslide victory. We've seen how the game is played. And the other side has mastered the art of getting out the vote even if how they get it out is questionable and some of their third parties are doing things that are well blatantly illegal so many documentaries came out i always love it when the mainstream media says it debunked and then you try to find who debunked it some fact checker who what fact checker well we just a fact checker well tell me who the fact checker is and show me the evidence you don't need to see that, Bob, but our fact checkers here at Facebook, they know better than you. And now we look at how much money the government spent on Twitter and Facebook and all over to push a lying narrative and still is. That's the sad part. The ballot box should reflect our faith. But do not put your faith in the ballot box. Let me say that again. I want this to sink in. And I don't want you to ever forget this. Your ballot should reflect your faith. But do not put your faith in the ballot box. The ballot box... Over 50 years, I've been voting. This past election marked the 50th anniversary of my first vote. Is the world a better place? A more peaceful place? A kinder and more gentle place? Or is it an angrier and a more dangerous place? And then we have other dangers that just really, really are frightening. This is why we do this radio program. And this is why I come to you talking about expanding the reach. You know, there are not that many programs left on shortwave radio that are trying to give you honest truth. I know programs that used to be on shortwave radio, but decided to, well, we'll just go on the Internet. It's cheaper. We don't, we don't have the confines of trying to have a program be an exact time. Kind of get lazy and hope you make enough income. But I believe in shortwave. I believe it is a wonderful way to reach people that the Internet can't reach. There are a lot of conservative radio programs and podcast and cast you can find online. Trying to find me, I'm like a needle in a haystack, just buried by the well-funded operations, many of which have incredible amounts of advertising behind them. I don't have any of that. I only have you. And I'm thankful for just having you. And that's why my prayer as we get ready to go into the month of April and then May and June, here's my goal. I am so determined to get this church project up and running from an actual church building with an actual congregation made a lot of headway this past week, having a listener who traveled a great distance and spent three days in our community to help get some work done. Those that have sent checks and money order to keep the radio program and all of this going, it means more to me than you'll ever know. And your prayers to sustain me and my health Now, I'm going to stop right here and I want to share with you to give you an idea of the things you can do with the power of shortwave. This is just a very, very short, I mean really short message that I gave to a church in Georgia probably back in 2017. I hope you enjoy this message. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time that we look into your word, open our hearts to receive, our eyes to see, and our ears to hear. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. On a communion Sunday, it's always difficult to try to get the service contained in an hour. And I'm reminded of some words that I learned as a child when I attended a very large Lutheran church and school in Long Island we had a very masterful pastor that had an incredible talent for preaching from God's Word and I always believed in my heart as a child that someday I too would be a pastor though it took me into my forties to get there I always knew that and I remember when I was visiting that church before he retired oh about 45 years ago I asked him a question, and I I was on a first-name basis by this point in, in my life. His name was Pastor Ed Stammel. He was getting ready to retire to Florida. And I said, Ed, your ability to preach is like nothing I've ever heard. What is your secret of preaching? And he reminded me, as he had reminded other people, a good sermon is like a woman's skirt long enough to cover the subject but short enough to be interesting i'll never forget that as long as i live and so today i'm going to test that theory in this sermon today this transfiguration account is something that kind of pops out of the scripture from nowhere Yet it's very important for us to understand. I remember, like like I say, as a child, hearing about that story and trying to envision in a young boy's mind what that must have looked like that day when they're up there on this hill or this mountain. All of a sudden, Jesus begins to glow. And all of a sudden, two people appear and they are talking and all three are conversing and glowing there's an old lutheran hymn i wish we had had it in our in our hymnal we would have used it today tis good lord to be here thy glory fills this place and that's what happened that day so what does it mean for you and i i want to share something and i thought about this last night trying to put a message together on the transfiguration i spent several years as a hospice chaplain in Florida back in the early 2000s. And I had the chance to witness something several times in my life. When somebody is leaving this life and moving on to the next. I have been with people that I know were true believers that longed to be with their savior and i would watch at that moment of death you could almost see a glow you could almost see a glow they say my grandfather when he passed away a number of years ago now there's a man that put real action to his faith he had been dealing with some health issues for a while and The moment he died, he suddenly uh, sat up in his bed and called out to the two sons that had preceded him in death with a great smile. And my grandmother says, this sudden glow as he breathed his last. My late wife died of cancer, and for 10 days in a coma, she was tortured and almost disfigured. But at that moment of death this bright glow a youthful appearance jesus was showing his glory in the transfiguration but you know those of us when we leave this place too will be transformed we too will be made new we too will be made whole and Really, the transfiguration story has two distinct meanings. Number one, reveal to his disciples his true divinity, that he is the living son of God. You're seeing God. You're seeing divinity. The story we saw this morning of Moses glowing just because he was in the presence of his Lord. In the presence of his Lord. And those that I have seen as they have breathed their last and they have known, they have known personally the love of the Savior in their heart. To see that moment of transfiguration in them as they leave this place, it becomes a reminder of who we are in Jesus Christ. What can I add to the transfiguration account today? then it just shows us that he is God. He is sovereign. And to see that glimpses in those that I have met in this life that take on that same radiance as they see their Savior face to face. Are you ready to glow and meet him face to face?
1: It's my prayer that you are in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Face to face with Christ my Savior
0: just about up for today's edition of Truth to Ponder. I want to thank you for taking time to to spend it with me. There's so many things occurring in the background and I'm excited about the future. I know I know from a prophecy point of view one would expect the future not to be that great. I understand it but those of us that have been redeemed those of us that have the saving knowledge of jesus christ as our savior we have the confidence that god will get us through life is not easy i get it i've been through some very difficult days during my life as well as many of you i understand it completely doing a radio program that simply gives you the news and commentary and the bad news of the day and how bad this is and how bad that is, without giving you hope, what value is a program like that? We can look for all the evil in the world. It's out there. It's easy to find. Hope is much harder to find. If you believe in our mission and ministry here at Truth to Ponder, now would be a great time for you to contact us. Would you consider supporting us? Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510. That's Post Office Box 510, Chilhowie, Virginia. C H I L H O W I E. Chilhowie, Virginia, 24319. That's 24319. You can also support us
1: from our website. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.